welcome to the Tenderoni Podcast, episode one. That is Tenderoni, T-I-N-D-E-R-O-N-I, no swipe needed. So this is the podcast we've all been waiting for. Doesn't matter if you're in a very healthy relationship, doesn't matter if you're single, doesn't matter who you are, we've all been having these conversations that pertain to dating. And the intent of this podcast is to bring all that shit out into the open, crack this DaVinci code, quit making things so incredibly fucking difficult for ourselves. See, the purpose behind that is that, fellas, we have conversations. We know it. Ladies, you guys have conversations as well that pertain to dating, that pertain to men. We have conversations that pertain to women. And if you're from a different sexual orientation, you have conversations with those that you um, connect with. But the issue for all of us is that we send those conversations into these little micro vaults. Because if you're in Hawaii, I have no idea who you are. And I have no idea how you view things. And then we all put on this armor and we come out into the world, into the public. And we jump on these new social applications. And we all become somebody else. But I know what you guys are thinking when you're at home. Hell, I know what I'm thinking when I'm at home and I don't have what I just talked about having with my boys. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, I know there's people that are listening right now saying, man, I have game. Ladies, I know some of you that are saying the exact same thing. Trust me, I've said it and I continue to say it because I've always had it. But there's one common denominator that depending on what side or what end of the spectrum you're on, (laughs) you react to differently, differently. And that is the impact of social and app-based dating. So you may ask, what is that? But, you know, what, what is the definition of that? So it's very simple. Let me break this shit down for you. There used to be this thing called Match.com, right? eHarmony and all of these different commercials. And I'll just share my personal perspective. Maybe you can relate. Maybe you cannot. But it'll give you context from our starting point, Right. So, for perspective, you know, your host, Jakeem Gregory here, sitting down here in the sandy beaches of Miami. I am 29 years old. Played football in college, um, and, you know, I've lived, lived in, in some pretty large cities across the United States of America. I've also lived in Toronto. So, safe to say I've, I've, I've garnered some pretty good perspective um, from a dating standpoint. I think I'm pretty attractive, too. You guys should check me out on Instagram. I'll shout that out later. You guys let me know. But with all that being said, in a serious sense, you know, I've, I've been pretty confident when it comes to interacting with, you know, individuals from the opposite sex. So given that I'm 29 as well, it's safe to say that throughout the duration of high school and college, social based dating was not a factor. So let's tie that back to Match.com. Let's tie that back to eHarmony. When those commercials started to present themselves, kind of the conclusion that I came to is that if you were on these sites, you pretty much had no game. Or you had this massive fear of rejection. Therefore, that was your way of connecting with people that you weren't able to do in a physical capacity. So if you're younger than probably 24, and you know, you guys can write me, correct me if I'm wrong, but... You know, when I was 24, which is obviously five to six years ago, 
when you went to the club, and if you didn't go to the club, you know, you were in environments where there were men and there were women. Your only avenue to connect with somebody from the opposite sex or from the same sex, whatever your orientation is, is to approach them physically. So there were two, there were, there were multiple types of people, right? You had people that had the confidence to walk up to somebody, connect with them, um, you know, say what was necessary, and, you know, either they got a number, maybe they bought that person a drink, maybe they went home together, who knows? Point is, they made contact, right? You had other individuals who would were the equivalent of spam. They talked to everybody. Not going to lie. It wasn't me all the time, but sometimes you get in that position and you might walk around the club at 239, 240. You know, I'm from originally from Indiana. Things close at 3 a.m. So you may shoot those last last Steph Curry shots before the bar closes and you start spamming everybody. Then there's a third person who doesn't talk to anybody at all because of the fear of rejection. So how did that affect dating? Women's perspective started to change. I would just use women that, you know, that is who I approached. So kind of my perspective was that, you know, women formed a perception of you and your personality and where she ranks you in her hierarchy of guys that have potential um, to date her, let alone get her number, um, based on their approach, right? So if you never approached you were categorized completely differently, and essentially, I'm not going to say that you didn't have a chance, but for that particular individual, she had no context on who you are. So then, those are the people that I thought ended up on these sites, right? And I also thought that it was an age-based thing. I thought that it was for people that were extremely busy. Maybe you're over 35. Um, you know, at that point in my life, I'm thinking, you know, these are for folks that just don't have time to meet. Maybe they're divorced, what have you, right? Right? So fast forward to September 12th, 2012. What happened? What happened on September 12th, 2012? Give you guys a second to think about it. Don't Google, don't cheat. Tinder was born. And that didn't change the game immediately. Let's keep that in mind. I think it's important to remember that. Right. Tinder used to be seen as a application that was strictly for hookups. Complete candid, candidly, completely candidly. I didn't even get on Tinder until 2014 when I moved from Indiana to Toronto, um, you know, for a job that I took up there. I was still in that mindset. I didn't need it. I could still meet people, right? Instagram had just started getting popping. Um, Snapchat really just started to come around. And for those of you that aren't in any of those platforms, I understand. But what I'm trying to do is give you um, some insight and some context as to how I came to the point to where I came to the realization today of how important this is, right? So back then, I, I very much didn't think it was a factor for me. I thought it was a cop-out, right? So, you know, fast forward to today... And what I've come to the conclusion of, guys, is that this has extremely impacted us as a society and as individuals, but not necessarily in a negative way. 
you know, I fought it for a long time and I came to the conclusion and, and actually, you know, I went out one time and a girl didn't want to give me her number. She wanted to give the Snapchat. Now, honestly, felt a little disrespected. I mean, I'm Jakeem Gregory in, in my mind and, you know, I, I, you know, I was a pretty confident guy. And I take disrespect, but what I realized is that this was in 2016, by the way, is that the game has completely changed. I was completely single from the years of 2014 to 2016, right? And then I got a girlfriend, and then we broke up, and now I'm back in the game. So having strategically not dated for two years and, and not getting the experience necessary um, to understand how the game was evolving and being extremely selfish when it came to my career and myself, you know, I did not put the work in from 2014 to 2016. I mean, shit was good. I mean, career went well. But jumping back into the dating game was different and also started moving around the country. So what that forced me to do was really understand the dynamics of meeting people. Also, what happened is I got older, right? And, you know, I was 26, and now I'm 27, and now I'm 28, and you don't have the ability to go to the bars. Well, I mean, you do, because I've done it before, but no, in all seriousness, you don't have the time to go to the bars Wednesday through Saturday anymore. Girls change as well. Their values change. So, you know, I just really came to this conclusion that, man, I'm fighting social dating, but in complete honesty, this is how people meet today, right? And when it really dawned upon me, guys, and this is really what made me, what propelled me to even start this podcast is that there's even an age, there's a, there's a much wider age gap than we realize numerically, right? So, so let me rephrase that. Numerically, the age gap is not wide by any stretch of the imagination but from a mentality standpoint and that's not a good or a bad thing and i'll provide you guys some context here in a second it's just much larger than we realize here's an example my sister love this woman to death she's extremely intelligent right she has a ton of perspective and a ton of wisdom to be 25 years of age but what i realized is that she grew up in a completely different dating generation, even though the year differential between us two is four years. So for those of you that are over the ages, let's just call it 26, think about being in high school, being, or think about being in college and somebody that's a freshman and a senior, it's really not that big of an age difference, right? Even the age difference between like 25 and 29 when you first graduated, really wasn't that big of a deal, right? I mean, it's still not a big deal, but you guys could relate. You know, back in the day, it was, you know, some men, hell, I was one of them. You may want an older woman. She's more mature. She has this. She has that. Um, vice versa for, 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 for the, for the uh, you know, for the women seeking older men. They were established. They weren't as immature. All these different things, right? But when I went home one holiday... And I saw my sister literally FaceTiming her boyfriend. They weren't talking about anything. He was playing video games, and she was literally sitting on the couch, not even looking at the phone. It dawned on me that that is how they communicate. That is just what it is. 
they came through an environment in college. College is probably the most four impactful years that Mojo is an individual out of your entire life. I don't have any facts to, to support that, per se, statistics, I should say. But I think a lot of people would agree with me just based on reflecting on their life. Um, if you don't, that's fine. But take into account of maybe they're not the most important four years of your life. But just reflect back on how those four years helped mold you as an individual today. And the reason I think that's important is because if you went through an environment, so I went to college from 2006, 2010, right? The Razor was the best phone in 2006. Facebook was really just starting to get popping. There was no FaceTime. There was no Tinder. There was no concept of any of that shit. All you had to do back in the day was get on Facebook, maybe write somebody a message, but literally you went to parties and you met people and that was that. There was no, there were, there were no expectations based on Instagram. There was no clout. There was no determining who that person, you had to get to fucking get to know somebody. And that's if you were just trying to date them. If you're just trying to fucking have sex or what have you, it really wasn't that, I mean, I'm not gonna say it wasn't that difficult, but point being, there was no status of hey, I have 8 million followers. It, it shit didn't matter back then. You know what I mean? Fast forward four years, okay? By the time I graduated, iPhone iPhone was taking over the game, right, in 2010. Um, Skype had come out. Laptops were prevalent between every individual on the campus, let alone in the world. Internet was faster. Everything had absolutely changed. So my sister entered college on the year that I graduated in 2010, her experience was totally different. Doesn't make it better, doesn't make it worse, but what happens is, once she graduates, she's now in the same dating pool as somebody my age. Did you see what the correlation there is? Remember when we said previously, 25 and 29 wasn't that big of a deal, you know, uh, mentally? Back in 2006, and again, guys, I, I know that, you know, this, this varying ranges and just sidebar here, you know, if you guys read the description of this podcast, we're obviously going to have people on, you know, we, we want to break this damn code, this Da Vinci code, these multi layers, you know, this whole episode's all about just getting the layers out there, driving, you know, provoking thought um, and driving discussion because I want people to call in. I want people to email. We're going to have guests that are, you know, from varying age ranges, whether they're 21, whether they're 28, whether they're 40, whether they're divorced and now they have to get back into the game. Maybe they're in a shitty relationship, but they fear getting back into dating because they don't know what it's like because they've been in a relationship for 10 years. Maybe you're like me and you're single. Maybe you just have no idea where to fucking start. That's the whole point. Everybody has a different perspective, right? All right. Reverse back. Those four years are a lot more important now. Okay? Not that it's better or worse. We just don't see things the same way. And this is not on a very, and I'm not saying this on a on a very micro scale. Obviously, things can work, but I'm saying on a very macro scale, right? And I don't want this to come off either um, that that dating sucks. Dating does not stuck suck. But if you look statistically speaking, you know, there is a plus 50% divorce rate, right? And there are more people single than ever. People are getting married after 30 later than ever, or more than ever. And people are having kids later than ever. 
part of that is just based on the progression of society and, and people having, you know, more rights and options and, and learning from previous generations of things that they don't want to do. But a lot of it has to do with the fact that an estimated 50 million people use Tinder every month. <laughs> there are more than 1 billion profile swipes per day. Think about that. Think about what I just said. 50 million people use Tinder every month. Are all those people single? Absolutely not. But what does that, I mean, what does that, what does that tell you? It tells you that as a society, this has, you know, created, it's essentially Tinder is a huge factor when it comes to dating. And I say all that to say this is that if you don't embrace it and you reject it, I'm not saying you won't succeed, but you may get left behind. And those statistics tie into the fact that going back to the 25 year old person's story, you know, I may say, hey, I don't want to meet someone that's my age, or maybe I don't want to meet someone the way that I met them in the past. It doesn't work that way anymore. If 50 million people are swiping every goddamn month, guess what? I better be swiping too. Because <laughs> that is my best option. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily want to get in a long-term relationship. But what it means is that <laughs> that is where the pool is. They say that, you know, there's a lot of fish in the sea. Well, Tinder's become the sea. And it's not just Tinder. I mean, there's coffee and biscuit. There's Bumble. Um, but obviously, this podcast is called Tinderoni, and, and, and this is kind of what I want to focus on, right? I think a lot of people, you know, and just using my family for perspective again, you know, I've, got another, I've got another sister. She's 37. She's divorced. She's terrified of coming back into single dating, right? It doesn't make sense to her. It's not something that she's used to. So it's like, how do we bridge this gap, guys? How do we bridge it? And that's what we got to work together to figure out. This 25-year-old girl that I, guys, I've left you on a cliffhanger on. So I met this girl that's 25, right? So to bring everything full circle, okay? This is when it dawned on me, guys. So I met this girl on Tinder, okay? And Tinder's changed, by the way. Another sidebar. Tinder's changed. It used to be the hookup game, but now, quite frankly... Everybody in their profile has no hookups. But I will tell you, though, if you got the right ingredients, the hookup will happen. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, everybody has no hookups now, right? So you meet this girl. She's 25. And amazing person. We went out. You know, we watched some sports. Amazing personality. She was a, she was a great chick, right? But then the ensuing weekend, you know, what I'm used to is, is our text messages. You know, I necessarily am a person that... You know, if I don't really know you, I don't want to text all day, but very much if you want to understand what I'm doing that evening or if I want to understand what you're doing that evening, guess what? Probably going to text you. Now, granted, I know some of you that are, you know, whatever ages or maybe you're old school or whatever the case may be, you know, you may want a phone call, and I respect that, but I'm a text message kind of guy. Quick communication, doesn't derail what I'm doing at the moment. She's a FaceTime girl, okay? She FaceTimed me. And it, it bothered me from a sense of like, not, not from a, 
it didn't really bother me, but I guess more so what I'm trying to get at is that I didn't understand it. I just really didn't understand it. <laughs> it's like I just showered, you know, and it's it's inhibited me from doing what I'm doing next, which is getting dressed and all these other things. And then, you know, when I obviously had just got out the shower, I had, had to put the phone down. And her reaction was, don't pause me. Well, my whole question in the first place is, why do we need to FaceTime right now? I don't understand it. To me, it's kind of a privilege. But to her, it is normal. Hence her age, 25. How old is my sister? 25. So it just made me realize that that is how they communicate. Period. So if you look at the correlation before, if we said, hey, it wasn't that big of a mental gap previously, and that doesn't mean that their mental gap is lesser than somebody my age or my gap is lesser than somebody in their age. We just have experienced different things. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But now we're all in the same dating pool. So if you listen to everything that I've stated and all the details and the various stories and the tangents, we're all in this massive dating pool now. It's like the freaking ocean, right? Everybody's on different levels, but we're all in the same field now. We didn't all learn the same shit. We didn't. We all experienced different things. And dating's become more evasive, persuasive, and innovative than ever. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 become very persuasive. When you look at these applications, even on Match.com, right? So I did a trial on there once. Guy from work made me do it. Plant fish, all of that. For those that can relate to those sites, it has become extremely strategic. Who writes who first? You know, back in the day, it was just like not even back in the day. A couple years ago, it was just like. Oh, I don't want to text this person first. Or, oh, I'm not going to text him after the club. Or, oh, I'm not going to text him after this. Yeah, y'all, I used to go to the club a lot. Sorry. Whatever you used to do, just plug in your word. <laughs> but now it's become the strategic game of, well, if I don't write her and she's not going to write me, hell, some of y'all might not even have anything in your profile. What pictures do I put on my profile? I mean, it's just, it's so crazy now. Um, and it's not crazy. You get used to it. But how do we... Crack the code to bring us all to the same playing field. And I think what's even crazier, and not crazier, but what was even more of a realization for me to accept where dating has gone and put my bravado behind me as to like, oh, I can, you know, I, I can get women. I, you know, I've, I've got the gift of gab. I've got what have you. So when I watched the episode on Viceland, and what I wrote, you know, what I discovered is that. There are now companies that consult people on how to set, set up their profiles. Essentially like Hitch, right? So if you guys think about the movie Hitch, I think Hitch is the perfect analogy. Hitch was previous game. <laughs> Hitch today with Will Smith, guys, he'd be setting up online profiles. Think about that. Let that sink in. Yeah. So now we're in this ocean and it's like, who are you? Are you Nemo where you just jumped in and you're trying to lead the way? Are you trying to find your way? Are you a shark <laughs> that's just hovering around looking for prey? Are you algae at the bottom of the sea just looking up? I mean, I mean, who are you in the game? Who are you in the game today? And I think, you know, as we head into episode two, that's what I want you guys to think about. You know, a lot of us say, oh, we're okay being single. Yeah, I mean, in theory, we are. Or did you just reject the new culture? 
Regardless of your age, did you just reject in culture? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay being single too, but are you happy? And I really challenge you to think about that. Not necessarily happy in a sense of like, are you genuinely happy? I think most of us are genuinely happy on a, on a very macro level. But do we understand what we're seeking out of relationships? You know, when all of our bravado is gone, or what about those nights when your phone doesn't ring? I mean, we've all seen a lot of memes, man. Like, what do you really feel, right? Do you really enjoy the buffet culture? Do you participate in the buffet culture? Or do you reject it? Buffet culture, definition. You go to Golden Corral, you should love Golden Corral. Remember when it first came out in Indiana? It was amazing. But go to Corral, buffet, right? Whatever your favorite is in your town. You can go up to the, you pay a, you pay a, a, you pay a one-time fee when you come in. It gives you access to all the food, right? You fill your plate up. A lot of times, if you're me, you fill it up with more food than you can handle. Maybe something's not as good as you thought it was going to be. Maybe the chicken's dry. Maybe it's been on that light a little bit too long. Maybe the pizza crust is a little chalky now at this point. Oh, you see the new one coming out, so you decide not to eat the one that's on your your plate. So what happens to it? You throw it away because you see something better coming. How does that correlate and connect with what's happening in dating today? You say, how are they connected? Here's why. Because we're all just a piece of food on the plate currently. <laughs> the minute I don't like something you do or you make me mad or you piss me off or we disagree or we see a red flag, I simply have so many options at the tips of my fingers that I don't have to put up with that and I can put it in the trash. Don't think about it literally. Think about the analogy, right? So... These are things I want to dive into with you guys, you know, I, and I, I want to do a lot of story time. I really want to just set the foundation, the groundwork. Um, you know, I definitely wanted to go on those tangents. Those tangents were strategic. They weren't sporadic. They were strategic because it, you know, that that pace and that, you know, and, and having those tangents allows you to to think about how the brain actually thinks about dating. You know what I mean? Like we could be in a perfectly great space and maybe you could be talking to somebody and that person can fall off the face of the earth and now you're thinking this and now you're thinking that and it completely changes how you think about dating so as a whole what I want us to do is throughout the duration of this podcast we are going to have great discussions I want to generate debate I want to generate perspective you know I want to talk about you know the black guys dating the white girls. I want to talk about the person that just got divorced and uh, how they feel about dating. I want to talk about the guy who, you know, has traveled the country for work and now he's, you know, seeking something more. But how does he date? I want to talk about the person that thinks they got the game. I want to talk about everybody. I'm talking to people from all ages, all races. So how you can connect with me. Um, so tenderoniworld at gmail.com. Um, that is T-I-N-D-E-R. O-N-I, W-O-R-L-D at gmail.com. So tenderoniworld um, at gmail.com. Send me your thoughts. Send me your questions. Uh, Send me anything. Send me perspective. 
See, the logic behind tonight was to share some of my perspective and how I came to my perspective. And, you know, I know some guys share my perspective, but obviously I'm one person in a, in a, in a world that has billions of people. So I think that's important from a simple fact of like maybe sometimes we conclude what other people think from the opposite sex and we don't actually have the context to understand how they got to that point. Then we form our own opinions on why they feel that way. Then it creates how we operate towards the opposite sex, right? So let's work together. Um, I mean, daddy's not dead. Daddy's amazing. I mean, shit. I, I mean, I'm just like with y'all. I mean, some of us don't want relationships. Some of us are okay with the one night. Some of us are okay with a lot of shit. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like this stalemate, if we're all being honest, right? Everybody's trying to win. So, you know, and then there's times where you know, I see a hopeless romantic a lot now. Right. But to be honest with you, there's a lot of insecurity and a lot of people are damaged goods now. Nobody wants to be hurt. We got too many options. Why get hurt? Food for thought, y'all. So at the end of every Tenoroni podcast, we'll end with some poetry. It's going to be ad libs. For me, at least. Sometimes I can, you know, I want you guys to send in your own. And uh, I'll read them all. But this is going to be off the dome. So let's see what happens here. Swipe, swipe, swipe. To the left and to the right. I matched with that girl. Man, I got hype. I waited, waited, waited. All freaking night. To see who will write first. Her text never came in sight. I waited, waited, waited. Then I shot my shot. She said, oh, you got a shirt with a picture off? You must be a male thought. I said, no, wait a minute. I'm actually a good guy. She said, yeah, I've heard that before. Guess what? Goodbye. <laughs> All right, y'all. See y'all episode two. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get it. Let's keep it going. Let's crack the code. Peace. <laughs>